Welcome to our new episode of the FCJ Youth Network's Home is Here podcast. All uprooted youth are welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of our Home is Here podcast. I am here with some special guests today um, to talk about the Youth Network's 10th anniversary. Uh, Today, we have a few guests um, to talk about our Youth Network, um, the history of the Youth Network, and some very memorable events as well. So would everyone like to introduce themselves? My name is Zavon. I've been with the Youth youth, uh, Network since 2012. if Kutu could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I was there for the second youth youth group meeting, right, Kutu? Yeah, maybe I I I'm I'm not gonna deny that. I think yeah, because I remember meeting you um at the Skill for Change building, and and it was yeah that was like the second or third meeting that we were having, and because initially we had our very first meeting in the Oakwood library uh, in the basement and then for some reason that didn't work out and or maybe we find another place and uh, and then we moved to skill for change for a couple of weeks and yeah so I'm pretty sure yeah that was like the second or third meeting that we were having in the uh, and by the way uh this is Maria, or as all of you know me, Kutu, and yeah. And my name is Dequana, and I don't remember exactly when I joined, but I feel like I've been there maybe more than three years. Yeah, I remember I didn't have a, <laughs> a choice. I was um, at FCJ when they were, I arrived, I arrived to Canada in 2011, and and so uh, when I when I came when I came to FCJ, they were already um, planning to start going the youth group. Uh, but I guess at that point I didn't know uh, that there was a grant that was just approved. And and so basically, uh, and as all of you know, FCJ has been always a place where there's a lot of volunteers involved and at that time they had a, another couple other couple of youth volunteering there and so they were they they were like okay you will be part of the first meetings and that's how I remember starting everything just gonna I didn't want to be like lurking in the background I was just gonna say I'm here too <laughs> um this is Giovanna the youth coordinator and I've only been uh, involved in the youth network since August last year um, but I'm excited to hear more about the history of it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and honestly, I, I completely forgot to introduce myself as well. Hi, everyone, listeners. My name is Victoria. I'm the youth worker um, here as well. And yes, I like Yovana, I joined like back in September. I know Yovana joined earlier than me, but I joined back in September. Um, and so when I joined, um, obviously it was like in the midst of like, the COVID, the pandemic. Um, and so obviously things were like very different um, than I guess how they used to be in terms of like the youth network. And so when I joined, I guess from what I personally had to like witness and even being in the youth network, I saw it mostly being like online and like every time we got together, like it would always have to be like more of a, of an effort because of like the pandemic and being very careful and being very like careful that we are all like, you know, being safe and everything. And so I definitely joined the youth network when a lot more later and in a, in a time where it was very, just like everything was very insecure and everything was just kind of in the air with, in terms of like COVID and everything. And so I'm very excited to be here to talk to you guys. Cause as uh, Zavon, Dequan and Maria mentioned, like they've been here for a while and they've been here also, um, I think pre-COVID as well. And so I'm very excited to hear um, the different um, things that the youth network used uh, used to do and just kind of like that transition to like what the youth network is now and everything. Um, But yeah, I would love to start off to hear um, some of the most memorable moments um, of the youth network. It can be recently or 
back in the day, pre-COVID perhaps as well. Um, yeah, I would love to hear about that. Um, I'll go first because I, I love this data. I can remember it like it's yesterday. <laughs> so they were going to CCR, right? And it was my first time going to CCR and they asked if I wanted to go. And I was like, yeah, I do want to go even though I don't even know what it is. And then I went, we drove to CCR and it was so amazing because you got to know more about the staff and like how everybody interact and how they are outside of the office. And like, you just get to see how much like they believe in you. Cause it's like, they, the fact that they asked me, it shows that they see something in me and they see that that's something that I will like. And when I went to CCR, it was one of the best experience I had ever in my life. And from that, I just kept going back so that's one of my favorite memories. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that what the Kwana is saying is actually a, a great point because um, I think that right after we started the youth network, like probably we only had like, um, what, like one or two months uh, meeting. And I remember, that the CCR, the Canadian Council for Refugees, um, at that point, the same as the Quana, I didn't know. I have heard of it because um, I was around FCJ, but I didn't really know exactly. <laughs> and there you have Shui. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I was thinking, um, I, I, was, I was invited to be part of one of the consultations of the Canadian Council for Refugees. And, and so it was like, it was my first experience also with the CCR. And, and, I, and I remember at that time, I didn't really know what it was. And it, we, uh, we didn't have many of us. It was only, I think it was people, I mean, of course, the staff from FCJ. And then, but then from the youth team, um, it, it was only me and at that time the, the youth coordinator or the youth worker, Philip. And so that was my first experience with like the CCR. But at the same time, it is a good, um, I, I wanna say like it's, it's a good memory in terms of how throughout the years we have been always attending consultations or youth action gatherings or not even just um, CCR events, but the youth network has always been having um, events outside FCJ, like field trip or going out during the summer. Of course, uh, for the last two years, that hasn't been the case because of COVID, but, but yeah, that's like a, an, an important aspect of the group. Yeah, that's true. Like well, what Kuku was saying, like her, her talking about the the field trips and us actually, um, you know, having different activities outside of just the youth network. It kind of just made me remember um, Sanctuary North because, uh, yeah, some of the best memories I have is from from going up to Sanctuary North, and I, I could also I could always remember this one because with the, the Chinchillas and when we because. In Sanctuary North, they have canoes, so you could go out on the river and, you know, just paddle around and see, I guess you could see nature and other people, other people in the area shout, shout the neighbors. I remember we, we went around a corner because I remember a lot of the times Philip and Tanya would say, oh, don't get out of sight. But like, you know, we didn't listen to the rules. We, we used to break the rules all the time. So we, <laughs> we were going around the corner. <laughs> And the, the boat, I don't know what happened. I think they were playing around and the boat just capsizes. <laughs> they're all just in the middle and we're all at the sides trying to help them flip the boat and get back onto the boat. It was so, it was actually, it was pretty funny though, but it, in the end, it, it, it ended out well because it took us like a good 10 minutes for them to, for us to help them back into the boat. But that was a, that was a really fun moment. It, it kind of showed, um, <laughs> what could go wrong good thing we're all wearing life jackets <laughs> yeah but I, 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 yeah because canoes are like really hard to get back into like 
I've fallen out of one like before as well and they're actually like it's really hard <laughs> to kind of like put it back and like get back inside yeah it, it is because we had to we had to we had to put like two canoes at the side to kind of stabilize the one that they're trying to jump into so we had to make sure we didn't flip over <laughs> Oh my. It was like it was like it was, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. We, we got it done, and uh, Philip and Tanya were none the wiser until we told them later on that night. Oh my god! And it's were, were, were you there, Kuto? No, I was not there. But I I'm laughing because the way you you tell the story is completely different from how Tanya and Philip tell the story as the most scary moment. <laughs> their life with the youth <laughs> and like they were uh they were so mad and i don't know if if you if you end up getting like in trouble but um but yeah the way they told the story to everyone at fcj was like of course the youth always at risk <laughs> for not following instructions <laughs> For everyone listening, like right now, can you describe what the Sanctionary North is for people who might not know? And maybe also like what the youth network is, um, because I know we all have understanding of it, but someone listening might not know exactly what we're talking about. I feel like the youth group for me is a home away from home where like, if you come to Canada and you don't have like no siblings or like no friends, the youth group make you feel like even though you don't know these people they become your close friends they become people who advocate for you and it's just like it's just an amazing experience being in the youth group because you learn a lot of stuff you meet a lot of people but also you like you stand strong on your own like they find a way for you to like stand strong on your own I agree with Dequana. It was really, it really is a place where you could go and got to meet friends. Because um, that's kind of how, uh, one of the reasons I, I initially joined as well, because I was, um, came to Canada in 20, 2011. I went high school here for a year. And I could always remember, it was, a, it was a supplement worker at the high school. Her name was Miss Audrey. I could always remember her. And she was like, oh, you should go check out FCJ. Um, you know, they have a youth network now and uh, you might, like you, you, since you just came and really know anyone, you could, you could meet some people your age who, who, who also come from different countries. So I think it was me and two other people who from that school who went, was Gino and Farhana. And, you know, from then on, it's just, just been building friendship. And 10 years after, here I'm on this podcast. <laughs> yeah and and I guess that we we can also talk about how um I think FCJ um apply at that time my understanding FCJ applied for a grant without no I mean with the intention of having a youth group and a space for for newcomer youth because um they start seeing the increase of numbers coming to FCJ and looking for support. And, and luckily they got it. Um, and we started the, the group, but I think also it was started without, um, without all, um, all of us imagining what it was gonna become. And, and, and I think also, um, for me, on a personal level, I totally agree with the uh, Quana and Shavon that um, it it kind of definitely when you come to a new country because even though my relation to FCJ comes on a personal level, not only on a professional level, um, I do recognize that ten years ago I I, I also was a, a newcomer in this country and. And even though I had family and, and people that I already knew here in Canada, um, you still, you're still new trying to make friends. And even though I was going to college um, at that point, um, I didn't really make my friends at college. I think it was more 
uh, through the FCJ Youth Network. And, and that's where I started building yeah, my friendships. And, and as Dequana and Shavon were mentioning, it's not only your friendship, but um, but it's also like family that, that you start making, like the new family that you start making here in Canada. And, and I think that's why it's important and so valuable to have a, those spaces, continue promoting those spaces for, for newcomer youth or, or for precarious migrant youth, because we know sometimes um, we all come with different uh, situations to this country and, and it's good to have that space for, for youth. Yeah, thank you everyone so much for sharing that um, and like what the youth network means and also like why spaces like this is so extremely important. Um, honestly, it's really like, it's really nice to hear that from everyone um, because it's obviously like as a youth worker, like working in the youth network and in the youth group, but also being a part of it as a youth myself as well. Um, I could definitely see like all of everything that everyone is saying, like I could definitely see that. For, for everyone and even including myself as well, um, just the, how important it is to have a space where um, youth, including myself, could like express ourselves and just um, feel safe to just be, you know? Um, and I think through you guys, everyone, what all everyone said is just, you're absolutely right. Um, and you really touched on the point of like, why a space like this is so important. Um, so yeah, thank you. Um, so going back to uh, Sanctuary North, um, that was a trip that uh, the youth would take on a, I believe, was it like a yearly basis? Yeah, every, every year around the end of summer, um, a few youth would just go up to a cottage in, I can't remember what, I can't remember what it was, Sorry, I think the name started with a B, um, but it was like a remote area where uh, we go there and do various activities and it was like a bonding moment because uh, we, we we like when we go there like we buy food and we even assign different groups of people who would like cook breakfast lunch uh dinner so you know it it kind of kind of found a bond especially like I feel like I got to know people more during those trips because um, like even though you're in the youth group, sometimes it's just some people you just wouldn't talk to. So when you go on Sanctuary North for those three days, um, just alone and just with everybody and doing different activities together, cooking together, you know, eating together, you know, just just having that 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 sense of community together. Like you just got to know people on a on a deeper level um, that they wouldn't you wouldn't be able to know them just by meeting them in the youth network alone. Yeah, wow. Honestly, that sounds absolutely amazing. And I, I really hope that this upcoming um, summer, hopefully now that we're seeing like the restrictions being lifted a bit, but we'll honestly, we'll see um, that we could definitely plan a trip like that again, because we do have a lot of new youth um, that have been participating in the group. And we've all uh, been, you know, using Zoom um, and in person when we can to, to bond with each other and to really get to know each other. Um, and so taking a trip like that would be absolutely amazing to get to know each other on like a, a personal level. So I am definitely looking forward to that. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing is too, is like, I feel like as newcomers, we, we we're going through a lot of stuff and I feel like going to Sanctuary not help us to like forget what we're going through and just give us a time to like, be away from the big world and like all our troubles and it just helps us like as Zavan say like it helps us to bond with each other and like we have so much fun things we prank each other we like play games <laughs> we dance we cook like we eat together as Zavan was saying like it's just such an amazing time and it gives us another time to like get to know the youth workers a little deeper and like like as Zavon said, like the quiet ones in the cottage, they're more open and talking. And when it's time for game, like everybody is so competitive. Like it's just such an amazing time. Yeah, I, I think that it's um, it, it it's like we always say that there is like a before and after the Shantari North trip. Uh, 
because as as all of you were saying already it's like a like you literally disconnect from the uh, like social media world or whatever you have on your phone because there is no signal at all and so you have to connect with the ones that are going with you to that trip so um so i think that uh, yeah it definitely it, it, there is a change and in, in from like there is like a before and after that trip always um and and it's also good because it's not only like okay uh the group that went uh, there is a change on them it's also like even if not everybody had the opportunity to go uh i remember uh, people will always used to come back so like excited and about the trip and like that they really shared that feeling with others um, and and like motivate the ones that didn't go for different reasons like for the next year maybe okay I'll go or maybe I'll make time to go and and I don't know it's also like um, I, I remember like always coming back from that trip and like getting together all on a Wednesday and sharing some of like like a nice thing or a nice memory from the trip so at least uh, those who didn't go get a sense of what it is and it's not like oh you miss out this trip and I went and you didn't go it was just I don't know it was so nice how we uh, in the end we all end up sharing like those memories and and like we want to go back next year and the next year. And also, um, I think it's also, as the Kwana was saying, a good way of disconnecting and connecting with like nature. And for some of us, uh, like even uh, kind of connecting with the places that maybe we're coming from, right? Because um, we are like Canada, for some of us is totally different from countries where we come from like uh, and and so I, I remember having so there was one time I was and I think I, it was uh, Dennis was uh, was on that uh, on on that trip and 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 we went canoeing with Jaitra, Dennis and I don't know who else was on the canoe but the way that we like I don't know the way that we enjoyed that uh, uh, going on that canoeing and looking at the uh, like the animals that were around the river and just enjoying that moment with nature and also it kind of bring us back to some of the places that we are from that's also a really nice experience and and I think that that's why many of us also like to go back every year um, and yeah so as hopefully this year we can go back to to Bancroft for hours away from Toronto. Honestly, I think we all like just want to like get away from Toronto at this point and just travel and and go somewhere else. At least I know I do. <laughs> and I always and and I'm I'm not I'm not gonna spend on Santori North and that's my last point. But I also feel like go an hour away there is experience because <laughs> we like we come from Toronto and we are we recognize that we are all coming different background different skin color and so we go mm -hmm. to places that are only white people i remember and i think Savon, mm -hmm. were you there the time that they that 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 we stopped at at a team hortons and they told and there was somebody from bancroft and and they were talking to us and when they left the team horton they were like oh enjoy your time in canada <laughs> Yeah, I was, like I, I was there, I was there, I was there, it was a joke, because it was, um, every, I feel like every time we pass you, it's, it's actually pretty funny, I remember one time, when that time we went with Sheriff, yo, there's this guy, we went, we, we pulled up by the no frills to get around the groceries, and this yeah, dude, it was there I, I don't even know what happened, it was wild, like, this man walked, he was talking to us, me and Sheriff, and then, after the conversation, he's like, you know, if you want a job, like I could, I know the guy who, I know the, the owner of the, of the, of the North Rails, I could get you a job here. 
I were like, what? No, we were just visiting. <laughs> wow. To, to, honestly, the tours were like, you know what? We have to leave Toronto just to find a job. <laughs> but it was, it was all, all was weird. Different, different environment for sure. Yeah, and touching upon that point, actually, like, um, I, I really like the point that you guys brought up about like the youth group being like a group full of different cultures and ethnicities and people from different countries and, and different customs. Um, and like, and the fact that uh, being, you know, a part of a group like this and like a lot of people, you know, when you leave a bit of outside of Toronto, there are people who are not, I guess, used to that or familiar seeing like a whole group of people that are different um, than like what you would think, right? Um, and so I'm wondering what, like how you think like the youth group um, could be like a space, like a, a space that is really welcoming for for anyone who for anyone who feels you know like marginalized or feels like kind of like the outside and when in reality like they're they're part of something bigger like I wonder how the youth group could be used as like a place not only for like welcoming any type of any person but also just like as a group to um experience I guess or have done any type of like advocacy work or um where you just kind of like I don't know, it said like we're here, we exist, and these are the things that we go through. I guess like that's like that's the main point of, of why uh the space for the FCJ youth network was created, like to have that space for like for youth from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different identities to get together. And also, uh, not just to get together, but since the beginning, we were like clear, and the and and not only the members of the youth group, but the, the but the people, but the youth workers, we, we were clear that we wanted to have the space also to be safe. And like we, I remember at the beginning, we used to have a lot of conversation of what does that mean what does safe space means like for a group of newcomers youth and we will all share what uh, safe space will be for us and 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 so that uh, that was very important to continue like um like to continue building those relationships and continue doing a lot of uh, advocacy work that that was like the very like I say beginning and then um, uh, throughout the years uh, the youth the youth group had so many different projects that um, maybe at first we were be like oh we have we are working on a on a toolkit and that's gonna be like the project of of the of a couple of months or we are working we are working on um on a video and and some of us uh for some of us will be like oh i want to learn more about how to do a video or be part of the video and but then uh, through those projects um we were i think we are doing advocacy or now for example like i got i gotta be very honest um I, I think something that has been new for me uh, is, is how social media is now super crucial for for youth. And 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 I was uh, like, for example, what you and Giovanna did uh, on Thursday, uh, Victoria, uh, the uh, the live with the white ribbon campaign. Those are type of way that we uh, uh, continue advocating and for having those spaces for uh, for newcomer migrant youths and and I think that are very valuable and and and, and yeah there's so many uh, there's so many projects and activities that we have run throughout the years and continue now even with COVID uh, and that we have been doing everything virtually that those are ways that we we are advocating for um, for like for having a space for newcomer youth in Canada. 
I guess. Thank you. I feel like the Ma other mm -hmm. way that we did it and it was like a big, big thing, well, I think for me was a big thing, is when we did the poetry and then we made a video and then we went to schools to present it and people didn't realize that's what we go through and like how the government is and like, and like, like that kind of stuff. Like it just meant, I feel like for me, it meant a lot for me because like everybody had their point of view on what was to be said in the poem and nobody what everybody got a point like something to put in it like nobody was left out and that's the one thing I liked about it and how like some people might not have been in the video but when we were presenting they were there so it shows like there are different ways that the youths want to advocate for themselves it could be in videos poems it could be presenting in front of people so that's one thing that I really liked you thank you both for for sharing that um yeah i definitely think it's it's so important to be like uh advocates you know especially um especially being the living the lives we're living right now and, and being in covid and everyone being indoors right it's really easy to just like fall back into just like old habits or just to you know fall back and just be caught up in in doing nothing at home or anything like that so like to continue to be advocates and to continue um, advocating for the rights of newcomer youth um, and for, yeah, and, and, and showing other people as well, like, you know, that this, these are the realities, the lived realities that newcomer youth face, I think, so extremely important. Um, and it's really great to hear, like, the different ways that that was done in the past and what we hope to keep doing in the future but yeah and i was as you were talking i, I want i wonder or i want to know um within like these last 10 years or the amount of years you've been in the group what are some like important lessons throughout these years that that you've learned while being in the group or was there something that you know it, while being in the group that you realized you're like oh this is actually happening or was there something that you learned um was there something specific that made you kind of like switched your mindset or anything like that um for me I'll say that as much as we all might have different status we learn from each other how maybe how we could fill out a form or like how we can like teach the person how to speak better English how to like like different stuff like we're able to like teach each other our own skills that we have and learn from each other and also like maybe like if we went to the immigration process like ways we could like encourage the person to like not give up that's one thing I like about the youth group and I just love how like if you're lacking something there's someone in the youth group that will help you unlock what you're lacking I think I, think I agree I agree with the corners point because for me too like I feel the most important thing that I, I learned was was well, what I got from it was was exposure, right? Because um, coming from the Caribbean and a very small island too, I've I'm not really exposed to a lot of different cultures. I only the only culture I do know is the, the Caribbean culture, and that's it. So seeing um, people from different cultures and different backgrounds in the in the YouTube gave me. Um, Give me a vibe, an idea of what I was lacking and what knowledge I was lacking, lacking and what knowledge, um, I, like what things I don't really know a lot. So I, I would say, I would say it educated me. Because that's the greatest, that's, that's the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway. One of the biggest takeaways I got from uh, FCJ over the years. Oh well, yeah, I, I, I agree with what, everybody has said and and I'm trying yeah like I think that the one of the main points is that that to, like peer-to-peer -peer support that we have always had and among us and always knowing that uh, there's somebody there to like uh, support you or as the Kwana was saying somebody that already went through that and maybe can a uh, can share with you something that can help you or at least know that you are not going through that process alone or that you are the only one. 
um, I guess uh, also uh, all the knowledge uh, throughout the years, like for me, it, it was like, going every Wednesday to 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 the youth group was like a lot of learning like from everyone who was there and always like um knowing that there was so many things that we could advocate for because um something like maybe we will say oh you have been with the youth group for like 10 years but to be honest um when I, as I said before at the beginning, when I first joined, I don't even really knew what was going on. I mean, I knew that a youth group was starting, but I didn't have an idea of, of what really was going to be a, about. And 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 so, um, so as I continue going and making new friends and learning, it it, it started a, like a passion that I had within me that I had to advocate and um, for the rights of, of youth, children. Um, uh, I, I think one of the biggest lessons for me, and I still uh, keep thinking about that, is uh, every time I think about the youth group is, is I remember when, when we used to, uh, when we used to te uh, teach uh, younger children, um, English classes or math classes uh, with the uprooted junior program like that because and 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 just knowing that we were doing that uh, that program because because at that moment even though it, it was their right um, these children that were coming to FCJ couldn't register right away in school and so it was not just implement implementing the like the program because. Uh, um, now we have different classes, music class, uh, art class, uh, English class for, for children. But at that time, it, it just came up from an idea from a Wednesday meeting um, where we decided that some of us will volunteer some of our time to, to teach these children. And, and in the end, we end up learning a lot from from them and from and from how the system was putting these these barriers on 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 children that as we always say maybe it was not their decision to come to Canada it was a family decision and they are stuck at home without going to school that has been for me one of um, the biggest lesson and and it's not only helping them um, through classes but also okay, we are doing this program, but at the same time, we are going to advocate and we are going to, to create a project that says, okay, this is an issue happening in Toronto, in Ontario, and we have to see how we can change it. So um, those are like, that's one of the biggest lessons that kept in, in, in me. And and I guess the other lesson and, uh, is how uh, knowing that, that it is a space for everyone and that, that it's a space for, uh, for everyone, regardless um, the identities that we hold, like we always talk about uh, in, in like looking at from an intersectional approach and yeah, my favorite word. Uh, but but yeah, really thinking what is uh, what does that mean? That is a safe space that everybody will be welcome, um, regardless what we are going through, what identities we hold. That is also um, one of the biggest lessons for me because I do recognize that there's no many spaces like that and even myself when I go back to to my country like and I try to explain that it's, it's like mm, no there's no there's no social space or it's something that is not really happening and and so so I think that that's something that is also very valuable and that we have to keep uh, pushing to have those spaces and that we continue having that space regardless of 
of COVID or regardless of funding, or we have to continue having those spaces, right? Right, exactly. Yes, Maria, I love it. Every the every single thing that you were saying, like I had my mic on mute, but I was like, yes, yes. I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> everything you're saying is is absolutely so true. And thank you so much, also Zavon and Daquana, for um, sharing that as well. It's definitely as you know, I since I just recently joined the youth group, and as I'm witnessing and meeting new youth that are joining and talking with the group and talking about um, different experiences as well, like that everything that all three of you were mentioning is definitely something that's still there. It's something that is still happening where like youth feel like they have a space to express themselves and not only that, to get to know other cultures as well. Um, and so I think that is, even though COVID, yes, where COVID happened and we're like online and on Zoom and we're meeting online, like it doesn't mean that we're not here. Like we're still very much here. We're still very much moving forward very much working towards um you know providing that that space for for youth to just to come together and make those social connections and also just feel um like they're a part of something bigger because it's true we all this space that we have the fcj youth network is something that um has been around for 10 years and perhaps there were other spaces before that but unofficial ones right but i think and i really hope for the next 10 20 years that this space will continue to push forward um, regardless of the things that are happening. Um, so thank you guys so much for sharing. Um, to, I guess to end off, I have one last question to end off this podcast. And it's what are your hopes for the youth group? And within the next 10 years, what do you hope to see um, in the FCJ Youth Network? I just wanted to say like, it's, I haven't been with the youth group for as long as um, some of you here, I will, most of you, all of you have been have been part of this group for a really long time. And I know that um, you've seen it grow and everything. Um, but Victoria and I, we joined during the pandemic. So if anything, we, we are seeing it grow, but I think that um, it's been a challenge because it's online, it's virtual, it's harder to connect. Like there's a lot more barriers to make connections. Um, and so, I'm hoping that even in the near future, but in 10 years that the group um, grows again and continues to out, to be able to reach more, more, more and more and more youth and becomes um, kind of like, like a, a, I don't know, just like a big, a even bigger and larger community where we can continue to start being active in the community and um, doing these kinds of events um, because it's really inspiring inspiring to hear you guys talk about all these events that you were able to do and go to the CCR uh, working groups and everything because right now we can't do that so it's it's something that I want to see happen again and even stronger and bigger um, so that's that's what I want to see I feel for me I'll say I want COVID to be over because I really miss being in person so I hope for the next years, nothing stop us from being in person with each other. And as Giovanna said, like going to CCR more like I want, like when we go to CCR in the next couple of years, there's more youths going to the CCR and there's more adventures and more learning stuff that we could do, more workshops. So, yeah. And you. I agree with everybody. Like COVID really slowed down a lot of this, the the bonding processes because um, it's not a lot of um, because I know that we do plan plan events to go out and chill with everybody and so on and you know meet up and get to know each other better. But one of the one of the uh, one of the more fun parts of it was sometimes we used to do some sort of spontaneous things like you just be at the mute network and then. Some people just put, bring some dominoes and just start playing dominoes after the youth network and start to get to know each other or play some cards or maybe they're like, okay, let me just let's, let's just go 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 for something to eat after the youth network. You know, like those spontaneous things um, can't happen. I understand, but it's I feel like it takes away from that genuine 
um, experience of really getting to know people and really getting to know Canada more because like sometimes when you leave you, you you carry people to like a new food spot or even like uh show someone some so show each other around downtown and stuff like that like some of the places I um I know about Toronto is because like we, we used to go and chill after the youth network and also like I don't know if you were there, Zaram, but I remember Maria being there where we played against, I think it was Matthew House, we played football. And I wish we could do like more stuff like that, like go and connect with other other organizations where we could play against them, like something fun, like have like events and stuff like that. Yeah. You're right. I wasn't there for that, but I was there when we played football together. <laughs> Even that, that was good to like yeah. play football together, like sports together outside. I miss that. I want that to like happen yeah. more, more because we, we missed all of that. So all we missed from last year, bring it back this year. Yeah, no, and, and, I, and, and I, I totally agree with both of you. And, and, and I think that, yeah, like just sometimes there, as, as Savon was saying, that sometimes there was some Wednesdays that, Yes, we will meet together at FCJ. We will have youth group for like an hour, hour and a half. And if it was summer, we will go to the to the park that is nearby, and and yeah, and play soccer. Um, and well, I I was not playing, of course. <laughs> I was just supporting, uh, but but just going doing something after uh, after the the meetings. Or like, um, or like just doing. Uh, uh, sometimes we will have our meeting, our check-in, and think we will have a conversation on what we, uh, what we are doing or whatever we had planned for the day, and then the rest of the evening will be using the karaoke machine or putting like playing music videos on the TV. And so hopefully I know with COVID is, um, is, is kind of, we still don't know how, how it's gonna work in the future, but, um, but hopefully that's something that can be back again and soon. Uh, I think the Kwana's idea of getting together with not only among us FEJ, but, um, but other organizations, I think even, uh, even the staff from FCJ was saying, yeah, that's something definitely something that we have to do again. Um, and hopefully this year is going to happen. But I guess thinking what I, what I, how I see the youth network in the next 10 years, I hope that um, we can continue having this space and 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 I think that's uh, kind of part of our part of our role, uh, regardless if we are working uh, for FCJ or we are just members of the youth group. It's like continue uh, having that space and uh, uh, and and continue doing it uh, the projects that 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 we are doing and that we used to do like. Uh, like continue having those type of advocacy project and also uh, something that is crucial or part of uh, of that work is having youth involved and and that they actually um, give their input or share what they want to do like um like kind of what we are doing right now we're we're saying oh i want i hope that that we can go back to our summer activities, to our trips, like the same with the projects that, that we are doing or that we plan to do in the future, uh, that, that we can check in with, with our peers from the youth network and ask them what you would like, what you would like to do. Um, and, and so that we can continue doing it. And I think that also the other the other thing that i that i'm thinking for the future is like how 
Uh, and I think that so far we have been doing a good job on that, like how um, even those of us that at some point we are no longer going to be youth, how we can continue uh, advocating for having those spaces and 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 so that uh, like we can keep doing maybe not as not as youth but as allies as whatever our role is that we can continue uh, advocating and supporting those spaces so that the youth group can continue being uh, doing their work and having a FCJ youth network for the next 10 years to be honest when Victoria uh, asked the question I was on my question 10 years <laughs> um, and but uh, yeah I hope that um, that we regardless where we are at that point or what the future expects uh, for us that we can continue coming back together and and saying okay um, there's still this space and we believe that this space should continue being there mm. and I guess also uh, keeping ourselves and the people that maybe make this space as possible accountable right like um, like I think it is a responsibility of everyone right like to keep having uh, FCJ youth network for the next 10 years <laughs> And yeah, but I'll stop because I can continue thinking many more things. <laughs> Thanks, Maria. It sounds like like being youth-led too is really, really important. Um, and I know that that's like a core element of the youth network is that the network is um, it's youth-led and um, like everything is informed by youth opinions and their perspectives and what they want to see. Um, and I think this conversation has been helpful. Like it's it's um, kind of like giving us even more new ideas for um, the months to come because hopefully we'll be able to all start seeing each other in person and be able to connect in person again and not just on Zoom. I'm very hopeful for it. Yeah, honestly, hopefully soon, because everything that you guys are talking about sounds absolutely amazing. I can't wait until we could definitely get started on, on everything again, you know, with connecting with other organizations. That's a big one that I'm definitely going to be thinking about for when things start opening up a little bit more. Honestly, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure hearing everyone's perspectives and everyone's stories of how the youth network um, grew within the last 10 years. So thank you very much. Um, and I hope we could continue this conversation in another podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow our Instagram account at FCJ Youth Network. And to stay up to date on all the latest fun events that we're hosting, check out our page on the FCJ Refugee Center website, www.fcjrefugeecenter.org. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Home is here.